boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 13th of April. I have another very busy show coming up. I'll be chatting to Sandown's media manager, Michael Floyd, about the semi-finals of the launching pad that were held at Sandown on Thursday night. The president of the National Coursing Association, Peter Craig, about the coursing season that officially starts this weekend. And Darren Puglio, owner of Poke the Bear. What's making news around the kennels? Perhaps the biggest news this week was the career-ending hock injury suffered by Poke the Bear at Wentworth Park on Saturday night. He ends his career with over $500,000 in stakes, 37 wins and 12 placings from 69 starts, and most of those were at top grade. He contested 11 group races, won the 2018 Terrelgan Cup, finally cracked a Group 1 with the 2018 Top Gun and backed it up with the Group 3 RSN Silver Bullet. We'll have more shortly with Darren. Speaking of Wentworth Park, four semi-finals of the Easter Egg and two heats of the Association Cup will be held tonight. A number of Victorians will be heading back up the Hume today. We'll also see Tornado Tears have his first start over the 7.20 metres at the Glebe Circuit after his fourth placing in the Galaxy Final in Western Australia recently. He has won there very early in his career, but that was over the 520 metres. Four fabulous semis of the launching pad were run at Sandown on Thursday with the $150,000 to the winner final to be run this Thursday coming and they also have a huge Easter-themed night at Sandown including an egg hunt. More soon with Michael Floyd on that. And the NCA held a coursing, a coursing picnic meeting, I should say, last Sunday as a precursor to tomorrow's official opening of the coursing season and Peter will be joining me soon as well. It was announced during the week that we will have an exciting new Metro Carnival in the spring, commencing at the Meadows with the Hume Cup and Silver Bullet on November the 4th, the Sprint and Stayers Top Guns on November the 9th, and the Melbourne, <coughs> excuse me, Melbourne Cup and Bold Trees on November 29. Details of all the carnivals can be found on the GRV website. The Bendigo Gold Rush Maiden Series commenced on Thursday with semi-finals to be held on Wednesday and the overall final at an Easter Sunday. It's worth $10,000. Also on Sunday, Heats of the Bell and Bow of Bendigo Series, which is for male and female dogs who have won no more than four races, will take place. GRV are waiving the naming fee of all greyhounds up until the 30th of June. It's effective now, which is aiming to encourage all dogs to be named and put into the system to race, even if they are of a lesser ability and previously wouldn't have been named. And finally, April the 28th, we'll see the nationwide Greyhound Adoption Day across six Australian states. The Victorian leg will be held at the Meadows. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And four semi-finals of the launching pad were held at Sandown on Thursday night with the final Easter Thursday. And uh, joining me on the phone now is Sandown's media manager, Michael Floyd. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Simone. Gee, you had some great racing on Thursday night and um, some very smart pups coming out of it. Yeah, we certainly did. We, we thought going into the series that, uh, you know, the talent there were going to have an outstanding final. You do that, you, you know that when you have good heats. And uh, the semi-finals last night, they were fantastic racing and some real standout performers. There were. Let's just briefly give um, each dog a comment. We'll go from the top of the box draw with number one, Flynn. Um, he looks to be the pre-post favourite. And um, I think he's been the favourite throughout the series, hasn't he? 
Yeah, he had yeah. uh, he had a five hundred start before the series, but uh, obviously came with some big raps. His performances out in the provincials, particularly out of Ballarat and Benigo, have been outstanding. So, yeah. um, no big surprise that he's uh, that he has stepped up. And speaking to Harry Benalitsis after the semi final, he's quite uh, bullish about his chances going forward as well in terms of uh, improvement to come from the dog. He said that just the two five hundreds now, and he thinks that third one, the third time up will be uh, will be bag on. And obviously, from the red base, it's very hard to beat. <laughs> Does but number two Jarrow Bale, this greyhound. Um, when you look at Flynn, led all the way. Jarrow Bale had to work hard, and for an inexperienced chaser, the way he found that opening around the first turn, I think this dog um, has got big things ahead of him. Oh, absolutely. Tom Bailey was really, really pleased with the run. Um, disregard the time, there's a bit of interference, and the thing that was really pleasing for uh, for mine with that run is the fact that it, it came from box six, it missed mm. the start, mm. found trouble, and really picked its way through the field really well and found the line strongly. And for a greyhound that's only had six starts, that's, uh, you know, you almost expect that from a, a top-grade dog in his 40th and 50th start. But to do that at start number six against that opposition, a really, really good run. And I, I think he'll come out a lot better from box two this week. Oh, I, I think so as well. He's probably a greyhound that I'd, um, you know, think maybe, not. I wouldn't say a rough chance, but if you're backing, going to back against the favourite, he might be one to do so. Um, number three, Lucy's Milo, absolutely outstanding. Uh, 29.17, the fastest time at Sandown this week. And... If it can begin as well, like it did on Thursday night, it's going to be hard to beat also, Mick. Yeah, absolutely. Three starts back, uh, one over 600 of the meadow, so we knew it was going to be strong when, yeah. uh, when he landed in front. Um, the time's a margin. So 507 of the first mark uh, is going to put a prominent in pretty much any race. If you can step like that and show that sort of strength, it got home in 1048 as well, which is low flying. You know, the, the, the strongest dogs don't go much quicker than that. So, um, yeah, from the back of that run, from that draw, uh, certainly going to be prominent at the final. He's got pace with Kurt Lee on his outside. Um, he ran a 5.06 to the first mark and, again, a, a rough race, so the 29.93 time wasn't indicative of what this greyhound can run there. Um, perhaps not the best draw, but given the fact he's got early pace, he could find the lead as well. And I think that'll be the key, especially you know, early speed in any race is important, but for a race of this standard, um, the quality of the dogs and the speed in the race, uh, where they're positioned at the first turn is going to be absolutely key. And Federal Impact, he's come up with box five. Now, Peter Lagagione knows how to win a launching pad. He did last year with Beast Unleashed, but um, box five perhaps makes it a little bit more tricky for him. It does, yeah. He's, uh, it's a $34 chance pre-post, and I, I'd like those odds. I got on at $34, but um, <laughs> right. he, he drew the red in both the heat and the semi-final. And, uh, I'm not sure if that actually suits him from box one. He doesn't seem to like those dogs when he's outside, but uh, box five, especially the pace on his inside, it's, it's going to be hard work, and I think his price reflects that. He's got enormous ability, but he's got a few quirks as well, so it's going to be a big ask for box five. Uh, Olsen Bale, uh, yeah, Olsen Bale uh, only has had seven starts like a lot of these chases. They're quite inexperienced, had the red in the semi-final, come up with box six. He's one that's going to start at longer odds. Yeah, he is, and uh, one that also found trouble in the semi-final, so disregard the times of that uh, mm. uh, coming through that series. But Corey Grenfell's got an enormous opinion. I spoke to him early in the week, and uh, um, obviously he's got Austin Allen and some very fast dogs in the kennel, but he's got big gaps in this one too. He thinks he's a lot of upside there, and um, I think he's right. I think this dog will uh, go on with some very good races, but from box six on Thursday night, he's, he's going to have a bit of uh, he's gonna have his work cut out for him getting into this race. To witchery, uh, this chaser uh, really chases hard. I just um, I think it's on Thursday night just an outstanding chasing display. There was some interference in this race again, but this chaser looks like the real deal as well, Michael. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, it came, came into the series with big raps. They had a, a big opinion over it in South Australia. And, 
uh, Steve Whitey had three runners on Thursday night and uh, didn't have much luck in, with any of them, unfortunately. Um, and the box draw, that's Woodbury's the only one that got through the final, obviously, and uh, the box draw is only no favours at all, but uh, a fantastic chaser. And uh, I think his kennel, um, aside from Woodbury, his whole kennel is one to follow over the next six months. He's got some very, very talented and exciting pups coming through. He sure has. And finally, number eight, Chiquita Lass, hasn't had a win at Sandown and one of the least experienced. Uh, come up with box eight. Um, it has won from boxes six and seven before, but looks like it might be a harder task for her as well. Yeah, it was a really nice run behind Lucy's Milo. Obviously, Lucy's Milo stole the headlines there, but uh, it's a really nice run in its own right. But again, the box draw is uh, is going to make it hard. Um, over the last little bit, it's certainly become uh, advantageous more so than normal to uh, draw inside at Sandown Park. But uh, look, another really nice dog. This is a really nice final. I think we can follow mm. most of these dogs with confidence going forward. And as we've seen in previous launching pad series, you know, some really, really top grade dogs come out of this. The four dogs are really, really well. And uh, I've got no doubt at all that this year will be no different. I think the thing that's um, the most engaging about this race, Michael, is that greyhounds are improving. They've only had, um, you know, limited starts and not only a handful of wins. So, they're on the way up and like they, they do improve from week to week and like we've seen with Lucy's Milo. and So you just actually don't know what they're going to deliver next week. I mean, they could just pull it out of the hat one from nowhere because they're just on that upward spiral now, um, you know, got, getting some form, getting racing confidence and getting some starts on the board. Absolutely, and that race fitness as well. You know, there's a few of these dogs that haven't had a lot of experience over 500 metres or at Sandown Park, but uh, obviously all of them... Uh, third up now in the series, and um, yeah, we should start to see their their um, their capabilities and the nature of the series as well. Given that it's the sweepstakes event, the connections have had to pay two thousand dollars for part of the series. So clearly, these dogs or the connections of these dogs have a high opinion of each of their runners. So um, no surprise at all that uh, we see the talent and the and the dogs with the upside they have. So um, you know, it's going to be a great series to follow going forward. Yeah, looking forward to the final on Thursday night. All the very best with that and with the big Easter theme night, Michael. We'll be listening out and watching um, all the action unfold at Sandown on Thursday night. Thanks, Mo. It is one of our big nights of the year and uh, outside of the Melbourne Cup, it's probably our best attended meeting of the year with all the kids' activities on the night as well. So uh, uh, obviously the four-day weekend uh, straight after. Thanks for get to the track and enjoy a great night out. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And with the Coursing Association officially beginning tomorrow, uh, the president of the National Coursing Association, Peter Craig, is joining me this morning. Good morning, Peter. Morning, Simone. You um, had a precursor last weekend, uh, a coursing meeting, meeting for maidens, but um, it all kicks off tomorrow, doesn't it? Yes, uh, last week was our picnic meeting for the year and uh, we saw quite a few new faces, uh, greyhounds that hadn't tried coursing before, but uh, the season gets off, uh, sets off in earnest tomorrow and uh, we're We've got a great 12 race, uh, 12 event program up at Fenella, uh, so we're looking forward to some great races and great courses. And what have the numbers been like, Peter? Because we saw, you know, with the um, the changes in how you can use lures at home and, and things now, everything has to be synthetic. Um, you know, some greyhounds have lost the desire to chase and using the coursing as a tool to help them or help young pups um, has been very beneficial. How have the numbers been affected for you? Yeah, that's something we were very worried about uh, last season, actually. Um, concerned that we might not get the numbers, given that uh, now we're at sort of the picnic end of the racing and, and um, uh, with the racing numbers down. But what we found last season was that actually our numbers, our nominations were up 15% on normal because of uh, the fact that people are looking for an alternative. 
that chase instinct back. And, um, you know, tomorrow is a, a great example of Vanilla. Uh, we've got a, a 12 event program. Um, two of them are for veteran court dogs uh, that haven't ever won on the coursing, so most of them will be first timers at the coursing. Right. Um, and, and, you know, what you're going to see is uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, most of these dogs will go back to the track and um, I dare say with a fair bit of success, especially those that, you know, um, course well over, the, over uh, the three events on Sunday. And you've given a preference to maidens too, haven't you? Yeah, well, that, that way we kick off the season um, and get a, a few dogs qualified and um, also give them a chance just to see, you know, how they go at coursing. Um, mm. you know, people are, are looking for alternatives for their dogs and not only just to smarten them up, um, on the track, but but also just uh, um, you know just to see how they go because there there is a big uh, carrot at the end of the season and uh, this um, corresponding meeting last season um, there was a, a greyhound produced there for the first time called Bear Left which went on to win the Waterloo Cup. Yeah, so, you know it was a, a great greyhound. Not only um, you know as he raced well since on the track, but um, you know picked up um, around fifteen thousand dollars. Great. It's great that the National Coursing Association has been continuing. I know, you know, you've had some hard times over the years, but the money that you're offering as well, it makes it worthwhile for people that want to head down and, like you say, an alternative for greyhounds um, for whatever reason, but just that nice family picnic fun atmosphere as well. Yeah, and a, a few years ago, I think about six years ago now, um, we came to an agreement with the GRB board that uh, the prize money for coursing have been many many years ago um something that i should do find the time to do and get back now the coursing season runs um from april to august is that right that's right yep Uh, we start uh, as you said tomorrow 14th and uh, our final event is the classic the waterloo cup and that's on the weekend of the 24th and the 25th of august Uh, this year that'll be up at longwood um during the season our first of our classics uh Um, they have the rail at, um, at Longwood. 
Right. Jake Lure at Benalla and Langley. So, you know, a bit of, bit of uh, difference and, and it gives the um, trainers an opportunity to try their dogs. We've also got a couple of events during the season um, where they qualify at the coursing for a special event at the track. So right. Lang, Lang Lang will have a, a flip to boxes event where they go through to a final at Cranbourne. And at Longwood, we'll have a similar event where they go through to a final at Shepparton. So, uh, yeah, it gives everybody a chance to um, um, have, a, have a dip at both sides of the sport. Yeah, plenty happening in the coursing, Peter. It's been great having you on the show this morning. We might um, have you on throughout the season to get some updates. But thank you for joining me this morning on Talking Greyhounds and all the very best for tomorrow. Racing and out pretty fast there. Uphill Jill out in the centre, vying for the lead there with Dinah Patty. They lead settling down, poke the bear into the box seat third as they swing out of the straight. Uphill Jill takes the lead, got away three in front, over poke the bear to second, followed then by Hasten Sally over on the inside. Then Hecton Vale to the outside, making ground from Real Simple, followed by Dinah Patty. Trooper Minnelli three Western Augie on the turn, poke the bear the leader, skipped away. They're going to have to go to shoot this bear down and poke the bear wins the top gun in great fashion. Hasten slowly second, uphill Jill third, followed by Hecton Barber. And joining me now is the owner of Poke the Bear, Darren Puglio. And Darren, um, the excitement of the Top Gun versus the disappointment of the Easter Egg semi-final or heat last week. But um, that's racing and uh, it must be wonderful to look back on races like that and just think, wow, what a dog we've had. Yeah, it certainly is. It's been, uh, it's been one hell of a ride, that's for sure. Um, it's been... Uh, Plenty of ups and, and now obviously a, a big down, so but that's the way it goes. It sure is, and there have been plenty of ups with this greyhound, and it just shows how sound he's been throughout his career because um, I don't recall him really having an injury or having much time off. No, he's had a few little niggling ones here and there, but nothing sort of major. Um, you know, we've been lucky that he's kept pretty sound, and, and yeah, Jason and Shona have done a great job being able to keep him going, and, and especially for so long too. That's right. He's had, had a remarkable career. It's uh, 69 starts, so and they've all been in pretty much top grade. So it's been a hard task for him throughout his career. But the severity of the break, Darren. Um, tell us about Saturday night. You, you knew something had gone amiss, and when you when Jason he was there, obviously initially saw the greyhound and the diagnosis and the vet on the night. Um, can you just talk us through that? Yeah. Well, um, look, I, I was at home. Uh, just watching him on TV like everyone else probably. Mm. Um, and as soon as I saw him, when he got to third, I thought, oh, here we go, here's a chance now. Um, just needed to get a clear run, uh, which he had. And then going around that catching pan, I saw him sort of falter a little bit. But then obviously as they come around the back, he just went amiss. And, mm. and um, yeah, heart was in the mouth. Um, straight away, I thought it was a hawk. I, I didn't think it was anything else. I thought just the way he pulled up so quickly, it was definitely a hawk. Yeah. Um, the concern for me was how bad it was, um, and obviously, you know, you, you, you're waiting that anxious half hour or 45 minutes, really, to, to get the phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, to wait, anyway, I, 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 to be honest, I jumped the car and I went for a drive. Um, right. I just didn't want to know about it. Yeah. And um, I got a call from Shana, and the first thing I said to Shana was, I don't want to know. Because um, right. I, I thought they were going to tell me they had to put him down. Oh. Um, so that was my first thought. Um, she said, "No, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We're bringing him home." Um, so that was that was all I cared about. Yeah. So, um, so when the, you were told about when they looked at it that night, um, the severity of it, career ending, career ending injury, all the rest of it. A, a week on, he's had some surgery. Yep. What? 
is the prognosis now? Um, look, it's still early days, obviously. Uh, the break isn't as bad as what we we thought it might have been, so that's one positive. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look, at the end of the day, racing at this stage is on the back of our mind. Um, the vet has said there might be a chance that he might come back, but, you know, we're not even thinking that at this particular point. Um, it's one of those things that we don't want to bring him back, um, uh, you know, if he's not going to be as good as what he was, uh, which obviously he's not. Um, and it's obviously that concern that he could break it again. So from our end, he's, he's finished, he's retired. Right. Um, and that's pretty much it at this point. And you've decided, you've kept him at Jason's after the surgery, haven't you, just to keep that routine. He knows what's going on. He's not coming back to your place just yet. Um, you know, you yeah. want to keep him in that normal environment. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, that was Jason's <laughs> idea. He said, look, leave him here. Um because he hasn't been to my place for a couple of years now. Right. Um, so we thought, well, we'll just leave him there and, and let him sort of get over the hump, um, which, you know, he's, he's happy in himself. He's wagging his tail. He's, you know, quite happy, um, yeah, after the surgery now. And, yeah, he's just now it's just uh, rest up and he's uh, not liking not doing very much. No, I'm sure he's not. Life. <laughs> and it gives you that chance now, doesn't it, to investigate if there is a stud career for him because he's got um, undescended testicles. So it's been one of those things that you, I suppose you've written off and but you haven't wanted to go down that avenue while he's been racing. But now it gives you a bit of an opportunity, I guess, to see if there is is any future um, for him. Uh, certainly, yeah. Look, we'll just let him go over the injury first. There's no great hurry with with what we want to do um, because realistically there's, there's a very, very small chance um, that he may be fertile, but um, we're certainly going to explore every avenue with him once we get a chance yeah. and um, hopefully uh, hopefully we might be able to get something yeah, as nice sh- if we could. Oh, it would be, and I'm sure there'd be breeders that would love to use him because he just had such a tenacious way of chasing. He didn't have things go his way a lot of the time and um, you know he just had that will to win and... Um, it's a shame he didn't win more group ones because he's certainly a greyhound that deserved to because he had such this, this cult following and his name and just the way his racing style. So I'm sure there'd be people that would love to use him. Yeah, look, certainly, look, he certainly made a lot of group race finals. There's no doubt about that. And, and you know, I, I think um, I, I, I might have heard the other day, I think it was Sydney Swain who said um, that, that there's, you know, great race dogs that, that don't have a lot of luck in group races um, mm. and I think he's been one of those Yeah, uh, you know for various reasons box draws and all sorts of different reasons why um, but he certainly didn't draw very well in any, any of his group finals to be honest no um, but he, he did it the hard way didn't he yeah yeah he always seemed to draw four five or six yeah. uh, which was never great um, and he, I think he had to pink a couple of times and yeah but you know, certainly from a group racing point of view, he, he'd been racing in group races. Oh, um, January last year, I think, was, was his, when he started mm. um, running in the group races, Silver Chief, obviously. And then after that, you had all the cups coming through. And, and even him and Adam Race, they both made the Tim Lee final. And they were only just over two-year-old. Um, and, yeah, they, they've certainly had a good career. He certainly has, and look, I know there's been highs and um, highs for everyone involved with the Greyhound, the public in general, and um, this low. But like we've said, that's racing, Darren. But um, look, appreciate your time this morning and talking about poke the bear, and I'm sure everyone will wish you and the Greyhound all the very best for what's ahead.
Thanks very much, Simone. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. And away, Rockstar Prince began okay today. Away quickly, Lucy's Milo. Well, she pinged on the early lead. Raced out by two lengths early to Chiquita Lass going to second. And there by five to Rockstar Prince. Then say hi, Snags McKenzie, Riley's Page. Well back, Ask Me Now. And last of all, there's a catch, but it's all Lucy's Milo. Out by seven lengths, Chiquita Lass. Fifteen away, Rockstar Prince going to third, but it's all Lucy's Milo. Once she led, that was game, set, match. Lucy's Milo, a brilliant winner, scored by seven or eight to Chiquita Lass. Five or six away, third Rockstar Prince, and they strung right out. Then ask me now, there's a catch, followed by Snags McKenzie, and the trailer's Riley's Page with Say Hi, one of the last in, 29.17. Wowee. And that's the fastest time recorded at Sandown this year and um, an outstanding run from Lucy's Milo in the semi-final of the launching pad. Uh, certainly deserves run of the week. Last week's dog to follow was Julana, who is engaged tonight. Race three, number three at the Meadows. And I've got another two dogs to follow this week. Mare Digby ran a 21.86 over the 3.90 at Warnable in a grade five and is in the final on Wednesday coming, jumping from box four. And another Rajasthan ran a, ran a super fast 42.19 at the Meadows on Wednesday. Look out for when he's next engaged over the distance as well. My best bet this week is race two, number two tonight at Ballarat for young Jabrina. It's having its fourth career start after an eight-week spell. First start at the track, but uh, highly likely that it has been trialling there. And plenty coming up as per usual. We have the launching pad final next week. The Easter egg semis tonight. Warnable Cup Eats are around the corner, as too is the Speed Star and the Gap Adoption Day at the end of the month. And until then, like we say here on Talking Greyhounds, you keep those tails wagging.